You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And coming up in just a bit, we've got Michael Felder, college football analyst. Lots lot to talk about here. We've got a big matchup between Michigan and Penn State. Uh, Alabama's win over LSU. Uh, so definitely, uh, you know, we're in this point of the season where uh, we've got one great college football weekend after another. Uh, so how about we bring in Michael Felder, who you can follow on X at In the Bleachers, and it's Felder on Substack. Uh Michael, it's uh, great to have you here. So let's talk about uh, Alabama and that big win over LSU. Certainly that defense uh, did more than enough to contain Jaden Daniels and company. Uh, But do you feel like that Alabama could very well make the college football playoff? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the reality. I think they absolutely could make the playoff. I think this is a team that's dangerous. I'll be honest. They're my favorite team in the country. They're my favorite team to watch week to week. I'm not saying they're the best team in the country. But they are my favorite team. I love the way they play this, like, murder ball. I love the way that they make halftime adjustments. Remember, I started the season being like, I don't think – I think Nick Saban hates this team. And mm-hmm. now I've, like <laughs> – I've turned I've turned a complete page to the point where I'm like, oh, I think he loves this team because this team gives him a chance to coach. And that's the only thing he likes. Nick Saban likes two things. He likes coaching. Well, three things, I guess. He likes winning. He likes coaching. And he likes recruiting. And this team lets him coach. And I think that's a huge positive for him where he can go in at halftime. He can show these guys, hey, man, you're letting neighbor. They're hiding neighbors, which LSU did a really good job of that in the first half. Hiding neighbors. He, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there was no neighbors versus Kool-Aid matchups essentially for the entire game. They put him in the slot. Mm-hmm. They moved him around. They didn't want him against. They, they're like, no, he, we're not going to play him against Kool-Aid. Let's just move him around. And this this team gives Saban a chance to coach. And I think that's um, – the thing he really likes and the thing I really like about what they're doing this year. Uh, a lot of follow-ups there. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking, okay, what are we going to get tonight with, with the ranking? Are they going to move Bama up? Because this is the conversation that right. college football fans are having after that game. Like, okay, there's a path. But with that path, does that mean Michigan-Ohio State loser is out, unlike what we saw last year? D- does that mean maybe there's a chance Florida State gets bounced? Does that mean – there is going to be no Pac-12 representative representative in the final year. Like, what runs through your head with, with Alabama getting in? So I did. So I, I did a show with um, with uh, my buddy, uh, the Sports Page. That's her Twitter. Um, literally, we did a show for the for after the first rankings, and that was the biggest question: is like, what happens to Florida State in the Pac-12? And Alabama is on a mission. Like, this is this is like I don't know if you guys have seen Glenn Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, but like. They were sent from Mitch and Murray, and they're on a mission of mercy. Like, this team is – they are <laughs> hell-bent on getting to the playoffs. So, 
it's it's so what happens? One, I think the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, they're going to have to be collateral damage if Alabama keeps cooking the way they are. And that includes, and I will say this, that does include having to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. That does yeah. include that. So they're going to be cooking. But I look if Washington finishes out, wins out, I think they're in. I think Oregon mm-hmm. is Oregon is one of the most interesting teams for me because they are good and they have an SEC mentality. And if I, I just don't know how they climb over Washington without Washington losing. And that's going to be the part that's the most kind of interesting. And and undefeated Florida State's got to go. They got it. They got like not go like not leave. They got to go to the playoff. An undefeated Florida mm-hmm. State has to go to the playoff. And so this is all going to be really interesting. I think that Ohio State Michigan game. I mean, we still got a few weeks. I, listen, I'm, I'm just now making turkey stock. We still got time to go out there <laughs> and get ready for Thanksgiving. So we still got a little bit of time before that game. But at the end of the day, I think the reality of this is Florida State has to be undefeated. Washington has to be undefeated. But Alabama, Oregon can be one loss. And I think because those teams are going to be sitting there at one loss, it's going to be how do we – what do we do with Ohio State Michigan? I think that ultimately at the end of the season – and, oh, by the way, Michigan plays Penn State this weekend. Mm. I want to talk about, you know, to make right? the college football – Is it this weekend or next? It's the 11th, Saturday the 11th. That's yeah. that's this yeah. weekend. Yeah, this they weekend. play Penn State. Yeah, yeah. there this we weekend. go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So do you where do you think there's value right now on to make the college football playoff? Where would you be placing your bets today? Oh, you know what? I think if we're talking value, I'm going to go ahead and start with Ole Miss at 10. Because Ole Miss, listen, who knows what's going to happen. Like, there could be a lot of dominoes that fall. And if Ole Miss just keeps their ducks in a row, and specifically, here's what, if I'm Ole Miss, here's what I want. I want Alabama to beat everybody else. I want them to go for it. Beat everybody else. <laughs> And then lose to Georgia. And then they lose to Georgia. Now that means you've crept up just a little bit. I want I want Ohio, I want Michigan to lose to Penn State. I'm already ahead of Penn State. I'm not worried about them. I need to, I need to keep going. I need Oklahoma to obviously we just saw Oklahoma drop another game, so we're not worried about them. I need Texas to lose. But the pieces in front of you can lose. And I mean, I'll tell you what, man, if Washington State, I don't know what. Do we? Let me ask you guys this. And I love doing this. I love flipping it back to you guys. What do we expect week to week from Washington State? Uh-uh. <laughs> they did good. You guys know. Fun, exciting, entertaining college football. That's why. <laughs> like, they can be real bad or real good. Like, I have no idea on a week to week basis mm-hmm. what team shows up. So, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes itself up. But if I'm going to look in value, I'm looking value at Ole Miss. Because uh, you're going to get a good number there. Um, Alabama, obviously, in theory, is good value, but they're still they're favored over teams that, that are in front of them, actually. So that's going to yeah. be interesting. Uh, Oregon, another one. I think Louisville, kind of like just laying in the weeds, hanging out, hanging out, hanging out. And so Louisville's going to be an interesting one because maybe that's the team that that um, ends up. You know, that they they've got an opportunity to to still go to Charlotte because the ACC scrapped divisions. So they got an opportunity to to go to Charlotte and get a dub. That's going to be interesting. And listen, listen, I went to UNC, and I they are there. I'm not putting them on the list of of possible. I'm putting them on the list of absolutely what happened here because they <laughs> they had a they were in the top 15. And listen, I, I say this all the time. 
it is easier to drive your car off a cliff in college football than it is to continue to be good. And literally, that's what's happened with UNC right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally get that. I want to talk about USC and specifically Caleb Ooh. Williams for just a bit yeah. because USC fired uh, its defensive coordinator. Michael, you have rightfully said from Jump Street that USC was never a contender for the college football playoff yep. because the defense was giving up way too many explosive plays and you were absolutely spot on. I would now like to make the argument that the PR machine for Lincoln Riley went too far and he is one of the reasons also – why USC is not in contention for a college football playoff spot. And in a way, he may have done a disservice to Caleb Williams, so much so that there may be value in looking elsewhere for who will go number one overall in the NFL draft. What say you? Uh, yeah, we just talked about UNC. Drake Mays helped himself. Even though the team's bad, he's still put, he's still doing his thing. He's playing within the structure. I talked to I was talking to Ryan Shazier about this, right? The Buccaneers linebacker, the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing that I brought up was Caleb Williams still doesn't play within the structure of an offense. He 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 gets allowed to do a lot more freelancing. He gets to do his own thing. And in the NFL, there's coaches that don't value that. And when you talk about Lincoln Riley, to tie this back to him, not to, this ain't Caleb's fault at all. I look at Lincoln Riley, and then I start to look back at the picture of what he's put out. He's got Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, of course. I, I do not give him Jalen Hurts. Um, you show me another Lincoln Riley quarterback that squats 700 pounds, and, um, then, and you can get back to me on that one. That's Bama built, baby. Um, mm-hmm. So when I, when I look at him, now we have to take a step back. The Cardinals hate Kyler Murray. Um, Baker is essentially a journeyman at this point. So what has he done to put out into the NFL? He's got a handful of wide receivers that are pretty good. I will I will give him that. Those guys are good. Uh, CD, I love C- – oh, my God, I love CD Williams. But the reality for me is we do have to start to take the question of what is he developing versus what he's taking advantage of. He could take advantage of some things in the in the Big 12. He couldn't take, he's not able to take advantage of right now in the Pac-12. Uh, and with respect to watching the way that the Pac-12's defense has started to step up, UCLA, I know they lost, but UCLA's defense is still a quality defense. Obviously, Utah. In Utah, what they did was put the paws on them. And if your team, if Utah's putting a pause on you, you know you're in trouble. And then you throw in what we're going to get out of what we got out of them against a Notre Dame team that plays exceptionally defense football, defensive football. By the way, Notre Dame, they're going to take a big step back, right? Losing to Clemson, which was a win that, goodness gracious, that the Palmetto State needed mm-hmm. both of these wins. And I thought that South Carolina was going to lose to Jackson State, uh, Jacksonville State. But man, they were able to come up and get a win. So that was a good weekend in South Carolina. But no, to go back to Lincoln Riley, I, I think the, I think we do have to put silo this blame on him because one, he brought Grinch with him from Oklahoma. Two, there were no adjustments ever made, and this is something about Venables. And I know Oklahoma's struggling right now too, but Venables will take your behind out of the game. And I don't think that Lincoln Riley or Alex Grinch have that in them to do, which means that once you become a starter whether it's because you're a high four-star or you're a big-time recruit or a big-time transfer, even if you mess up, you stay in the game. Venables is going to take your behind out. He'll lose. Venables would rather lose with a guy like me that's doing the right thing, that just can't get the job done, than lose with a guy like, you know, like a, like, like Stryker, who is super talented, but guess what? Freelances, and he's in the wrong place at the right time all the time. And so I think that that's a big thing. Um, so that, that, again, and I've said this before on the show, but you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. Either way, it's your fault. 
So, yes, you have to take the blame for that. And then um, just uh, I want to say this. Anyone that's upset with Caleb Williams crying and, 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 and going oh, to get please. this kind of consoling with his parents, those folks, you can get you can get all the way out of here. Like, jump off the planet yeah. because that's it means a lot to him. And this is a kid. It's not about him struggling through adversity. It's not about him manning up. This is about a guy who is trying his damnedest to get the job done, and there are feelings that he can't control. Yeah, Amen. agree 100%. Uh, let, let's blend college in the NFL. Like in our world with betting, the number one NFL story has been unders. Nobody can score and they're lowering it and nobody still can score. We had nine backups quarterbacks playing this weekend yeah. and halfway through the season, Michael, I'm looking at the, the draft order right now and I'm yeah. like, okay, Arizona. Yeah. Kyler might be coming back this weekend. They probably want to move on in their new era. Chicago has two right. and three. They're, they're taking a quarterback. Giants have four. They might move up. They're taking a quarterback. New England, the Mac Jones thing is done. They're taking a quarterback. Yeah. The Rams, Stafford on his last legs, they're taking a quarterback. Seven, the Packers, love. They're, they need to take a quarterback. Eight, Tampa Bay has Baker. They need to take a quarterback. Nine, Denver. Sean Payton probably wants his guy. They might take a quarterback. Eleven, you got Atlanta with Ritter. They need to take a quarterback. Like, Washington's trying to figure out what they got and how. So, <laughs> like, everybody needs a quarterback in the top ten. So, uh, a lot of people released their top 50 big boards this week, and I was yeah. counting the number of quarterbacks that we, we say this is a really strong class. Of course, Caleb and May. We, we all know that. Then you see sure. Sugar Sanders in there, Michael Penix, uh-huh. yours, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. Like the consensus is all of them are in the top 50. Right now, Yeah. how many yeah. quarterbacks do you think are going to go in the first round? All right, let's go through it. Let's work through it. Because here's the thing. I'm yeah. seeing J.J. McCarthy in some people's top 20. I saw that, too. Feels That feels crazy mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. That feels nuts. But so we're talking May, Williams, mm-hmm. Penix, possibly Ewers. Yes. Ewers yes. is a possible in there. Ooh, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Is Bo next? I guess if we're... Bo, Bo Nix and JJ feel crazy, but Bo Nix feels like he got some real coaching. I don't think mm-hmm. I think JJ's been so limited in what they let him do, but somebody's going to fall in love with him the way he tests. He's going to mm-hmm. test off the charts. He's going to test off the charts. So we're looking at seven right now. Are we looking at seven? Yeah, seven guys, and then did we say? I don't Sanders? know what's going to happen. Shudder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, like if he leaves, is he going to leave his dad in this situation? Mm. That's another – that's the hard – that's the that's the real question to me. But if I'm his dad, I'm telling him to go because we can't protect you, man. We can't protect you. Mm-hmm. We can't help you, buddy. We You're getting – listen, you need to leave because you're getting, you're getting dogged out right now. And then, like, what do we do with Jordan Travis? Where does he fit into all this? And that's man. another part that's going to be interesting because he's – I think out of all these guys, with the exception probably of Penix – Jordan Travis is the guy that probably kind of gets it the most and understands that he can be dynamic. Like Jordan Travis is a, um, like I remember when Russell Wilson was coming out and obviously he wasn't a high draft pick, but Jordan Travis reminds me a little bit of that um, in terms of what he's able to do. If the right team picks him, like I could see, cause we're the Seahawks pick. They don't do the Seahawks. The Seahawks pick 25th right now. Right. Ooh. And uh, so I think they, they're, they're in the mid twenties. 
I could see them going right after that. So that's all. That's what I got. Yeah, it's going to be like seven. Five seconds. <laughs> Five seconds, Michigan-Penn State, who wins? Michigan's going to win. Penn State should win, but they're going to make some mistakes. Gotcha. Michael Felder, follow him on X at In the Bleachers. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL writer Mike Sando from The Athletic put out his midseason awards. We will talk about it right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented. A backfield first and goal. Burrow, end zone, Smith. Cincinnati, what an opener! This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time to talk about mid-season awards. And Mike Sando of The Athletic, who's about as plugged into the league as anybody, released his mid-season awards. And to me, this can be actionable information when it comes to how we bet on futures. So let's start with MVP here. And Joe, I think the takeaway as far as Mike Sando's thesis when it comes to MVP is that he believes that this will be the first time in a long time that a non-quarterback wins most valuable player. What say you? Yeah, I disagree with that. Um, This was all taken before Sunday night, right? These votes. So they released it yesterday. Yeah. Prior to Monday night. I know that. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if Sunday night, Joe Burrow was involved there. So the, the betting market strongly disagrees uh, with that premise where we have one, two, four, six, eight uh, top nine favorites are all quarterbacks. We have to get to number 10 Mm -hmm. before we get to McCaffrey. And so that's what he's saying, right? That, that McCaffrey could win the MVP. San Francisco picks back up, you know, and forget that three game losing streak and back to how they looked in the first portion of the season. I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. There are just so many quarterbacks and so many quarterbacks that people have identified that will win a, an MVP at some point. I don't see it. Now he's in these circles with voters. He talks to other voters. I do not. So th- there's something there that maybe some voters are open to the idea, but to outright win it over all of these quarterbacks, I don't see it. Hmm. I mean, okay. If he is onto something, I've got to think it's worth a little sprinkle on a non-quarterback just because you're getting so much value, right? Like a Tyreek Hill 50 to 1. Unless what I'm looking at is wrong. I mean, 60 to 1. Well, which one is yeah. it? Yeah. Who has the two? I see six. Could we really you mean get AJ Brown? Or who's it going to be? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Can we get non-quarterback for both MVP and offensive player? I don't see that. In in today's NFL, despite the anemic offenses that we're seeing left and right, mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a quarterback's got to win something. I, I just refuse to believe that quarterbacks will get shut out from both awards. So in that so respect. So would it be flip-flop this year? Is that what you're saying? Would it be flip-flop? Like a, a receiver wins MVP and a quarterback wins offensive wins player. Wins offensive player. So, I don't see that either. Different. Yeah. 
I don't think that will happen. I mean, there's a path for it. I, I will acknowledge that that's possible, but I wouldn't bet on that. You know, at the no. end of the day, like, where am I putting my hard-earned money when it comes to these bets? I can't do that. I have to only bet quarterbacks when it comes to MVP, even though, like, there's a good case to be made for, say, Tyreek Hill, for instance, just because I think, I mean, I hate to call it disrespect, but I can't come up with a better word. There is a disrespect when it comes to Tua. Despite the high EPA and the great stats and this revolutionary offense, all of that stuff, I still don't think that we put Tua in the same tier of quarterbacks as we do Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and guys like that. You know, even someone like Josh Allen seems to be falling off a cliff a little bit in the minds of some people. Now, if you look at advanced metrics, it's not the case, but Mm -hmm. my argument with Josh Allen is, okay, Yeah, he's playing well, but he needs to be spectacular to overcome all of the other issues going on with the Bills. And he's not spectacular. He's just very good. And that's that's a problem with, you know, the Bills' chance to make the playoffs when they pitch all the time. But I think in terms of playmakers, skill position guys who could potentially win this honor, I think the one thing in, say, Mike Sando's favor with his argument is, okay, Christian McCaffrey plays in an offense – where the quarterback is controversial in terms of quality. Tyreek Hill has the same thing where I don't believe that enough voters really believe that Tua is an exceptional quarterback. Now, I think someone like A.J. Brown deserves some real recognition. The problem is, do enough voters believe Jalen Hurts is also of that ilk where he's not considered an exceptional quarterback? I think that A.J. Brown probably has the best argument of anybody for a non-quarterback to win this honor. But his quarterback does get enough respect as far as I'm concerned. So I'm largely torn. I'm willing to listen to the argument, Joe, but I'm still torn with this idea that I want to place bets on anybody who's not a quarterback to win MVP. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not. Um, I just I don't see how that happens with the majority. You might get more support for non-quarterbacks. I would go that far and say we're maybe in a year of the under when scoring is down so much that you're going to see more support for non-quarterbacks than we've seen in recent seasons. I'd be willing to go that far, but to outright win it, I just don't think they're going to get the first place votes. And is there going to be consensus on one specific player? We just said, okay, which one is it? I don't know. There's three we're bringing up. So it has to be one that everybody would be in on. And I just think that's tough. What I did find interesting, looking at a lot of these numbers that voters look at, you know which name was popping a lot? Kirk mm. Cousins. It's, oh, <laughs> is that awful? Like, yeah, like stats-wise, he's up there at the, t- you know, top three, top five, and just about everything. Um, two, two uh, of the healthy ones, two really stood out. Two, uh, Yards per game, he's number one. Quarterback rating, he's number one. Yards per attempt, he's number two. Touchdown rate, he's number three behind Russ and Justin Fields. Like Tua is up there. And then there's one other one that was quickly mentioned that I want to go back to. Is there value in Josh Allen at 20? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody's yes. down on Josh him. Allen thing. The, the, the <laughs> but are we overreacting on that, on the Josh Allen? I kind of think we are. It's 20 to 1? Mm-hmm. 20 to 1. I understand we're coming off a, a bad game for them. But, I mean, that's when but you buy. But it's been multiple bad market... games. Right? Right? I know. I don't know. He's starting to fall into Justin Herbert territory for me. Great talent. Well, I think he's the best thing they have. I think he's the best <laughs> thing they have by far. So. You know? Okay, so they got Denver, the Jets. I mean, their schedule. I mean, then they've got the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, New England, Miami. It'll be tough. Or Josh Allen, I think, but if it will be, if he can turn yes. the turn it around and be more consistent, uh, I mean, I I see it from a value perspective, and you know, this is That's the time to bet it. on him. I just yeah, right. don't know if I I can pull the trigger on it. Ugh. So <laughs> I'd almost rather take a receiver at fifty to really? seventy to one or something. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this: Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence? Same number. Ooh. Oh boy. I I can't even really make the case for Trevor Lawrence. Unfortunately, I can't. Like, not. I just he's got. I feel like he's got to have last year's second half and go. Absolutely nuclear. There's now, no if bus. he comes out yeah. to buy and lights mm-hmm. up the 49ers, which, by the way, Joe Burrow just did, so it's definitely possible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then maybe he's down to like 12 to 1 or, you know, something like that. Uh, I just don't know. I, it's a weird number. Like, to see his 20 next to Burrow's last week was weird, and I still think it's weird to see him on the same playing field, the same odds as Josh Allen. It just feels like he should mm-hmm. be longer odds. And Josh Allen, number one QBR in the NFL, completion percentage. A lot of voters still look at that. He's number two, only behind Lamar. 
Josh Allen is the other guy along with Tua that pops in a lot of numbers. So my buddy Robbie Greer has pointed this out that MVP tends to go to a quarterback who finishes in the top three in total EPA. You know who Mm. the top three quarterbacks are in total EPA right now? Brock Purdy, throw him aside, I believe. Uh, Tua, controversial pick just because of, you know, all the things around him. And Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Absolutely at 20 to 1, I'm buying him. Yep. I am too. No Purdy at 40 to 1? Hashtag value alert. <laughs> but no, they have mean Christian McCaffrey nope. gets it because he has all the touchdowns. It's over. It's over. I'd rather bet McCaffrey at 50 than Purdy at 40. And yeah. I just yeah. said it's only quarterbacks, but I'd rather bet McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Do the Bills have to win the AFC East? Because I think that's a real tough road for them because the the Dolphins so. have such a bunch yeah. of layups coming up. And like I don't think mm-hmm. that week seventeen game's gonna mean anything. And meanwhile, let, the let Bills me... have the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Eagles. It correlates. Mm-hmm. It's the same conversation. Let me just throw throw yeah. it out there. Uh during our team futures conversation, we didn't get into this. All morning I've been thinking about this. Bills are twenty to one for the Super Bowl. Somebody had to drop with all this love for teams like the Bengals getting shorter and shorter. It's, I, this is the definition of buying the bottom of the market. Coming off that Sunday night game, everybody's out on them. The injuries have piled up. We've gone over that time and time again, but I never thought we'd see a number of 20 next to the Bills name. So the Bills' bye week, for what it's worth, is week 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to have to survive the next few weeks just because of all of those injuries that you talked about. But I do wonder, like, once they finally have a break and a chance to breathe a little bit, if they can kind of retool this offense just enough to highlight what Josh Allen's all about. Because to me, it felt like it was a little bit more conservative. And that's not what they can do because, you know, they're playing from behind a good bit. Like, it's fine to play conservatively if, say, you have a lead and it's ball control and it's limiting, uh, you know, oppositions, possessions, all of that stuff. That's great, but they can't afford to do that now. They got to get Gabe Davis more involved or whatever he is at this point. Stefan Diggs has to play like the best or second best receiver in the National Football League. That hasn't happened. And Josh mm-hmm. Allen has to continue to reach the ceiling that we all believe he has, which is being a top two, top three quarterback. Now, if all those things happen, then, yeah, sky's the limit for them. Just haven't seen it yet. So yeah, that's why haven't... they're just so intriguing in that, yeah, their right tail, so to speak, uh, is much better than just about everyone else's. We just haven't seen very much of it this year specifically. We haven't seen it consistently. Well, we are... we'll, we'll see it from drive, times at drives, like their first drive of the game. We saw it. And then the next yeah. five drives or whatever it was, we didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I what, was sta- yeah. what was standing out to me on Sunday, and it's been the last couple of games because I brought up the Gabe Davis thing. I think he's found his number two option. His name's Dalton Kincaid. He trusts that guy as much as anyone on that offense. Any sign of trouble, he is looking for Kincaid. And he's, he's done a really good job. He catches almost every target coming his way. He had the bad fumble where he's flipping, uh, going upside down the other day. That looked bad. But it feels like, Aaron, he's found it. He's found his number two option after Diggs. 
I'm just torn on like the Bills have already lost what four games. I'm just not mm-hmm. sure they can really do that. I'm gonna pass. I won't bet it, but I certainly see the case and a good buy low spot. And I feel like I just keep waiting for Josh Allen and the Bills to be good come playoff time, and I haven't quite seen it yet. Maybe this is the year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I won't be betting it. We we know when the Bills win, the number drops a lot. The market reacts. Right harshly to the bills so if they win these next two against the broncos the jets they should it won't be 20 i'll say that if they're seven and four going into the tough stretch of philly casey dallas la chargers and if i had to choose between josh allen mvp or bill super bowl at the same number i feel like you leave mm-hmm. yourself more outs with bill super bowl this feels like it's a great it's a lot tighter window with the allen MVP yeah just get in yeah there. i like that they're scary. Right. Are they not scary as a six or seven seed for the two or three? Ooh. <laughs> it, does, yeah. Is this the year where we disrespect the one seed in the AFC? Just somebody that stumbles into that spot, but we still believe in everybody else. Like if the Chiefs mm-hmm. get the one seed, okay, that's frightening. But if it's, say, another team, you know, pick your random team that we might like, but not overwhelmingly so, like, the, the Jaguars could get the one seed, for instance. Like, if they get it, like, do we really believe, oh, wow, th- then the AFC is over. They're they're going to the Super Bowl. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Dolphins, Agreed. Bills, first round, divisional or wildcard weekend. I, Good luck, Miami. I was, I actually, you know, for Team Futures, that's the first thing just in my mind before looking at the numbers. I want to see what the Dolphins number is. I'm like, ah, oh, it's too short. Because I, I think there are reasons to believe in the Dolphins. What are they missing? The defense is getting better. And we expected it to happen with Fangio, but they're getting better and better. So, but they're top five in the odds. I think they're 13 to one for the Super Bowl. Not enough value for me. I agree. Whereas the Bills, you do have value. Right. Mm -hmm. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Comeback Player of the Year and Coach of the Year. That's coming up right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And we will get to Comeback Player of the Year and Coach of the Year in just a bit. But first, Joe's got to make fun of me once again over my eating habits because I believe in eating almond butter, especially crunchy almond butter, over generic peanut butter. And I'm a little miffed. That's fine. I why? Well, it's just yeah. It makes I know almond butter. I feel like that's been popular for like a decade or so, right? It's that's everywhere. They see it at Trader yeah. Joe's. It's why? Why? But why almond butter? What makes it so much? Is it just healthier? Peanut butter is gross. Is it? Yeah. It's supposed to be like chemicals and I don't. You're know. You're gross. Shut up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I went back no. to peanut butter after you don't I eat years oh. of almond butter. There you go. I've I been out on peanut butter, butter since '85. '85. '85. So you wouldn't eat PB and J? You wouldn't. Oh, I remember this. We had this conversation with Paul being a big weirdo who never liked peanut butter. So you hate so you hate you hate Reese's. Oh yeah, you're right. Which made for great bargaining chips at Halloween time. Give me this Skittles, Milky Ways, give me whatever you want. Milky Way over Reese's. You're insane. And with a bullet, three musketeers. (laughs) Three musketeers. I'm one of the few people that don't mind Twix. the Musketeers, but it's not in the same What is wrong with the Musketeers? It's just, oh, God. it's there. It's just there. Grow up. I'm it's defending it. That's why it's it. Milky Way. <laughs> All right. But, by the way, it always bothered me that Three Musketeers actually had four Musketeers, but we call it Three Musketeers. Never mind. Okay. I mean, they're tan. D'Artagnan's a guy. Was he really... He's part of the crew. He's... Like, yes. Yeah. It's really four kind musketeers, but they call it three, and it's wrong. It's wrong. D'Artagnan deserves better than this. Come on. Team D'Artagnan all the way. All right. Okay. Uh, Mike Sandoz midseason awards. When it comes to coach of the year, basically he's boiling this whole race down to the two candidates we've talked about a lot, Mike McDaniel and Dan Campbell. Uh, but he has included John Harbaugh in this mix. Joe, do you feel like it is just this two or three horse race that Mike Sando is portraying it to be, or do you feel like there is a dark horse contender? Hmm. It's probably what he said. It probably is. Cause I, when I look down the board, by the way, Robert Sala, uh, his numbers dropping this morning after last night's yeah. performance, Ooh, yeah. he was, he was down at six. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, he was down to six to one at a lot of spots. So I'm still mm-hmm. posting that number now. Fourteen. Yeah, like he doesn't have a chance. I don't. I don't really see that happening. Um, when you go down the board, where do you go? Like we threw out yesterday, Eric I- Eager's idea that maybe Kevin O'Connell could get there. That number's been getting shorter and shorter. Now that's like 14, 16 to one range at a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ben and Jim's still posting a 22 on that. But it's like you go down the list, eh, Shanahan, no. Now they've lost three in a row, and the expectations were high to begin with. Um, Seahawks have had some ugly losses. Long-term, don't really believe in the Browns in that offense. There's, as you go down the board, it's it's tough. And then there's one name that if if I was forced to come up with a name with value that I got to. And it's with the idea that a lot of times your coach of the year has poor quarterback play. Now we're getting that at a lot of different spots, but there's <laughs> one one team that is as a coach that's respected, right? I think they'll be in the playoff, and they have an awful quarterback. Mike Tomlin, twenty-two to one. Hmm. Man, that's the only one I could come up with. I like it. I mean, they're exceeding expectations, and Kenny Pickett stinks. Nobody expected them to be here. Their odds to win the division were like a crazy number a few weeks ago, and yet here they are still getting it done. Still getting it done. He's never won it, right? Uh, Oh, boy. I don't think so. 
doesn't come to mind despite yeah, being with the Steelers for quite some time. And always he's had Ben Roethlisberger for, yeah, always had yeah, a winning record, won. all that stuff. But he's also had Ben Roethlisberger for nearly that entire stretch, you mm-hmm. know, with a couple of exceptions here and there. And in those exceptions, yeah, he still has a winning record, but it's not uh, a super impressive winning record or anything of the sort. Like always highly respected, but yeah, he's never won. Day Dayball was he nine seven and one last year? Nine wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not so outstanding. It, similar record could Tomlin win it this year? They didn't win the division. I I would say no. I would say yeah. no. Mm-hmm. And the the reason for it, and and I mean the process, I think is good. Like I wouldn't argue or you know put bullets in that. Mm-hmm. The problem though is how much publicity is a coach really getting at this point? Because to me, like, it's not about politics per se, but I think to an extent it might be. And one of the things I wanted to talk about when it comes to this award is I would like to have an honest conversation about hard knocks. Because hard knocks, I think, actually okay. matters a great deal here. Because when it comes to hard knocks, we always talk about, all right, how do those teams perform when they're on hard knocks? Like, is it too much of a distraction where the season is over and they stink? Or are they really good or whatever? Like, I hate those conversations because I think it fails to understand anything about how football works. But I do like the conversation about coach of the year and hard knocks because who gets a lot of attention on the show? The head coach. Let's say the head coach does a good job. Well, that head coach, I think, gets a leg up when it comes to coach of the year because we are familiar with his work already. We are familiar with all of the things that he did to help his team win enough games. So to Mm me, I think Hard Knocks is actually a pretty good indicator of who is getting a lot of attention. And if that team is doing well, then I think it's the marriage of a lot of different components coming together where that coach has a legitimate chance to win the honor. Now, 2009, when the Cincinnati Bengals were profiled, Marvin Lewis won coach of the year that year. So this has happened. Not very often, but sometimes there is a year lag or two-year lag where a team is profiled, they don't play very well, then the following season they play well, we're familiar with that coach's body of work because of hard knocks, and then Mm -hmm. suddenly they are a legitimate coach of the year candidate. So I look at this and I see Mike McDaniel in season hard knocks coming up. I see Dan Campbell from hard knocks a season ago. I think it is a two-horse race and a two-horse race only for Coach of the Year, Joe. Probably. Probably. Probably right. It's it's tough. I'm surprised that you see D'Amico Ryans at the same price as Mike McDaniel at some spots. That doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me. He should be higher up. I don't know if that's an overreaction or what exactly that is. Like, depending on the sports book you look at, it's interchangeable. Some have two D'Amico, some have two Mike McDaniel. I I don't agree with that one. That feels like an overreaction. I have one. Mm. And I don't know how I didn't think of this sooner because we just made a huge case for the Vikings earlier in this show. And with Josh Dobbs, could Kevin O'Connell win it? After losing Justin Jefferson, after losing Kirk Cousins, if they go on a run with Josh Dobbs, could Kevin O'Connell win it at 16-1? to one? Do they have to win the division? 
Well, can't they might be able to? Because I think there's a big difference between the last team in the playoff in the NFC and then Cousins down, Jefferson down. Like, everybody's hurt. They're going to sell, and they don't sell. And then they go on a crazy winning streak, and they steal the division when everybody thought it was over from the Lions. I think if they win the division, yes, he can. If they just are the last seed in the NFC playoff picture, I would say no. Hmm. So maybe I'm that's split a better on that bet. One, the Giants didn't win you know the what? division. No, that's funny. I, I didn't even think about this. So the better bet is probably O'Connell, coach of the year at 22 to 1, is better than Vikings 8 to 1 to win the division, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the correlation is strong. But then again, like, there are also paths. Okay, so then that would probably take out Campbell. Fine. But does the PR machine work well enough for McDaniel to overcome that? Right. That's the question I have. I, I wonder by this point if we just love McDaniel so much because of how well that offense is playing and how just likable he is in general. He's funny. If that is yeah. going to overwhelm literally anything else. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to look at all the past winners. I mean, this year it does feel like a popularity contest and personality-wise, but you yeah. can't say the case for all the other past coach of the years. Dayball, personality guy? No. Can make, can make the, <laughs> Is McDaniel going to win if the Bills take the division? No. no, I think you're right. I would say no. He's got to win the division, no. right? There are yeah. too many other things you can point to as far as why, like Tyree Kill, all that stuff. So I, I would, I would vote no there personally. How about we talk about comeback player of the year? Because some, including Mike Sando, are insinuating that this race is over and that Demar Hamlin is going to win wow. this honor. Joe, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, but we just had another week where DeMar Hamlin was not active, but he was the, it was the number one story. What's interesting, I don't remember if this was an on-air or off-air conversation, I think off-air, that yesterday at this time, we were pointing out that DeMar Hamlin's plus money to be the comeback player of the year, and then 24 hours later, that has changed. He's minus 115 at BetMGM, minus 140 elsewhere. Uh, there's been a Big shift to DeMar Hamlin after all of the coverage, after Sunday night, after the Today Show. So that's really interesting. What, when, as part of this conversation, we keep going, okay, well, then who? And people brought up Rodgers. That was like 75 or 90 to 1. Now it's 30. Like that's No, that's not a thing. It's not happening. Who's going to win? I think the only one is Dobbs, right? Mm-hmm. If they go on this yeah. crazy run. With Dobbs after yeah. his team quit on him, then they trade him, and then that happens. Like, that's the only competition, I think. But he has to go on a run, and that's, yep. that, that's a big if. Could happen. It could happen. It's a big if. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the odds on Caleb Williams to go number one overall have shortened, and a few draft picks have, a few draft nicks, rather, have Drake May atop their big board. We'll discuss that market right here on the BetQL Network.